This victorious episode of Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 go. dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. After an awesome 6 nothing victory over the Seattle Mariners, the White Sox are now Two and three on the season. My name is Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. And our show is called Locked on Socks. You can find us there on Twitter, Instagram, and on YouTube. If you go there and subscribe to our channel, you might be a recipient of a Locked on Socks prize pack. 312-566-8727 is the way you can leave us a voicemail. And these post-game shows, we want you to leave a voicemail, and on a victorious one especially. 312-566-8727. It's too late for this one, but in the future, remember that number. Without any further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, it's not official. It is going to be our first victory, our first post-game victory of the championship season that we're breaking down here together. We were uh, 0-2 previously, but uh, it's not official until uh, Bill Walton uh, has his say. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge-Turkle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. So I think where do we start tonight here, Herbie? I think Carlos Rodon is the uh, easy uh, way to start it off tonight. Five innings pitched, two hits, no runs, three walks, nine strikeouts uh, in his season debut. Uh, He looked really good tonight, Herbie. Oh, my goodness. Like This is better than I even come close to expecting. He looked like phenomenal. The fastball velocity was up in the high 90s i wasn't expecting that i know he did in spring but he was getting there when he needed to the slider was back foot on the right handers and left foot no problem i mean get out of here you're not going to be hitting this at all i'm like dare to say rodon back and not even back but like if he's this and healthy maybe the sky's the limit for the white Sox and him yeah, man. I mean, it goes to show you, you you think about the compare and contrast with Ethan Katz's other protege, Dylan Cease, last night, who, you know, he's he's taken both of them under his wing in this spring, but Dylan Cease was not able to execute. You know, he, he, Dylan Cease wasn't awful uh, last night, Sunday night, but, you know, he, he wasn't able to do those things early that Rodon was able to come out and do. Rodon came out, he was getting ahead of hitters early. He was pounding the zone. He was keeping that velocity 95 to 97 miles an hour. He was locating with, with the breaking stuff, too, getting that slider over for strikes, too, keeping these hitters off balance all night. And for the last time, I mean, this is as good as I've seen Carlos Rodon operate in at least three years. As, as a matter of fact, you have to go back. I went back and looked. The last time he surrendered at zero runs and a start, you have to go back to August 10th. 2018 where him Damn. and Shane Bieber went at it uh, they, they they 
Uh, Sox won that day, one to nothing, courtesy of Daniel Palka, home run late. But that's the last time that he gave up no runs and a start. And you know, it's just this is the Carlos Rodon that we all kind of envisioned years ago having. But now he's here now on the one year deal, on the prove it deal, and we'll see if he can sustain it a little bit. But I was just I was so impressed uh, by Carlos Rodon tonight. You know that that second inning after. Slappy doesn't do him any favors in the first inning with that with that ball that probably should have been caught and if it wasn't if it you know if it wasn't wasn't a catchable ball the ball certainly should have been reeled in and prevented the the, the hitter from getting to second base but it, it extends the inning I think I saw uh, Jim Margulis say it was twelve extra pitches that he had to throw that inning so automatically I'm thinking oh God here we go again with with the, with the starting pitcher not being able to go as deep as they want to go because the defense is not helping him out but to Carlos Rodon's credit. Second inning, he comes back out for a one, two, three, and then the third inning, after a, you know a shaky start there with the errant pickoff attempt, he leaves those runners stranded uh, on on third base with a couple of huge strikeouts, and he was fired off coming off the mound. And fourth inning again, he ran into a little bit of trouble, but he was able to get out of it. Like in the other versions of Carlos Rodon that we've seen, sometimes these mistakes tend to compound, and you know he gets walky, and then eventually he gets knocked around because that straight fastball is coming at you. But he was able to mix it up so well tonight you know uh, cutting it in on, on, on the right hand hitters hands like it was it was just a beautiful thing to see tonight from Rodon and I hope it's only the beginning man like I'm really looking forward to, to, to rooting for Carlos Rodon this year and I hope we get a redemption story out of him but it was just it was just an encouraging thing to see tonight uh, out of Carlos Rodon I did get nervous early there was that moment early in the game where it reminded me of that start in Cleveland last year where he had issues on, on his landing spot on the mound like I was like ah here we go again it's always something like you know if everything's not perfect like we're gonna lose him here but he's you know he was kind of jumpy for a little bit there uh you know on his landing spot but that you know he didn't let that be a distraction to him and he just went out there and shoved uh against uh the the seattle lineup tonight so it was good stuff by rodan and there's something to be said when you don't have a plus stuff because he had good stuff, but not like his best superior stuff where he's throwing the 97 and the, the sliders always hitting because he walked three guys. And like you were talking about the whole JP Crawford thing was irritating the hell out of me because I'm like, JP Crawford's not getting picked off and your throws are terrible right now, Carlos. So let's stop that right immediately. If you can, because the throw that he threw to right field, uh, it wasn't even close to the first baseman, Jose Abreu, at all. I don't know what was going on there, why JP was so much in his head, but it's awesome that it was like no outs then, and he's like, you're staying your punk ass right there, and you're not scoring tonight. And that's the adversity he had to go through to get to this shutout for the team. Seems like it's a huge thing. And, you know, people are like, it's the Mariners. They're not that great. That's a major league team over there. They They can hit over there, too. Absolutely, man. So Rodon had it working tonight. He was working, you know, mostly with the four seam fastball, as we know, and mixing in that slider and even, you know, sporadically throwing in that change up. So he was he was mixing up his pitch as well and keeping the hitters off balance is what you'd like to see. And then the guy that comes in after him, boy, hope oh, mm. Michael Kopech came in again tonight. Kopech comes in for two innings, gives up just mm. one hit, one walk punches out five Mariners tonight in his uh, second appearance of 2021 and it's becoming appointment television or appointment uh, radio listening whenever Michael Kopech comes into a ball game he is just wicked like 
this is might be the perfect role for him just to ease him back into the game, ease him back into the competitiveness of baseball, because you could tell when he struck that last guy out, he was fired up. He was like, let's go. I'm ready to go. I've been out for two years, but my stuff still plays. Five strikeouts in two innings is phenomenal. This guy, he just looks unhittable when he's out there. He's just dominant. He's, you know, gave up a hit, but I don't know if you want to have that at bat versus him. It looks uncomfortable. His Somebody put Michael Kopech's 96-mile-per-hour fastball much more superior to Carlos Rodon's 96-mile-per-hour fastball. And not by me, true, because it just looks faster. It looks like it's moving. And the, the motion and all that violence in his um, delivery, it just seems like, oh, my God, he's throwing that thing through the catcher's glove. I would not be very comfortable if I was a hitter if he's up there. What strikes me the most about this iteration of Michael Kopech is just how composed he is out there. And not that he was a guy that was super jumpy, but, you know, Don Cooper famously said about him, he's trying to throw the shit out of the ball. And, you know what I mean, sometimes that's fine. But this version of him, he's he's not that dude. Like, the the everything from... The, the delivery is is quiet. You know, the mound presence, quiet but confident. Like, all the changes that he's made, whether it be in his personal life and his professional life, it, it's all working right now. And, you know, I get my the only regret is I wish we could see more of him. You know what I mean? But, like, I still, like, I hope they, I want him to put him in bubble wrap, but I know it's a necessity that he goes out there and gets gets his arm stretched out. And, you know, if he's pitching meaningful innings, like, they're all innings are meaningful, but if he's, like, making... Uh, a, a big time contribution later on in the season where maybe he's starting a game or he's pitching the bulk of a game in the middle of a game like that's going to be something to really see here man and it's just it's exciting stuff between him and crochet and this note from chris Kampka who tweeted this out during the game about Kopech and rodan it was the first time ever white Sox are a charter franchise in ban johnson's american league it's first time ever that two Sox pitchers had five plus strikeouts while surrendering zero runs in the same game, which seems kind of ridiculous, but it makes sense. You know, if you have a guy like, you know, you think about Chris Sale in his heyday, you know, striking out like, you know, 11, 12, 13 hitters, usually there's not going to be a guy coming in after him striking out five plus. So it makes sense. But to think of a franchise that's been around for like, what, 120 years, like to never have that happen. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's an awesome stat. Chris Camp is the best at doing that. Well, you beat him too. Good job this year. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's an awesome stat. The White Sox are—that's uh, the first time in the history of their franchise. Yeah, like you were saying, it's probably they would just ride with the the horse that's striking out five plus guys, and it's probably the starter, so you wouldn't get that opportunity. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's a testament to the have, era that we're in, right? Testament to the era. Um, and but also have Michael Kopech too. It's, exactly, it's a nice luxury to go to. It's like wow, like. You can have a guy just go five innings and he'd be impressive. And the next guy maybe be more impressive. Like yeah. that, like that's two outings for Michael Kopech, four innings, eight strikeouts versus the angels who are really formidable. And the Mariners didn't have their best out there, but still those are professional hitters and he made them look silly. Yeah. And it was important because the offense wasn't necessarily clicking on all cylinders. They got enough to get the job done tonight. We'll get to that after a quick timeout here on locked on white Sox. This episode of locked on white Sox is brought to you by our friends at rock 
You know, there's so many different makes and models of cars these days. It's become impossible for your traditional chain storefront to stock all those parts that your car's ever going to need. So why endure that process of going into the store and asking what you think are dumb questions and you wait for the person behind the counter to check their inventory on their computer and they only choose the brands that they happen to carry? Why would you do that when you have access to a vast catalog of auto parts at rockauto.com in your pocket it's right there on your phone silly you know there's a lot of reasons to maintain your automobile i know herb and i are thinking about hitting the road here we're making our road trip plans for pittsburgh in june and i know if i'm going to be driving i want to make sure my car is running in tip-top shape you know we're approaching a couple hundred thousand miles on that thing and you know i want to make sure herb and i are safe on the road to pittsburgh so whatever my car is going to need to keep me on the road longer i'm going to go to rockauto.com and get those parts. And I know by shopping at rockauto.com, those prices are going to be reliably low, not just for me, not just for you, but for everybody. You see, because those chain stores, they charge different price tiers for do-it-yourselfers and professional mechanics, but not rockauto.com. Their prices are always reliably low. They've got everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I think I'm going to need some new air freshener before we hit the road here with our, whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks. And best of all, it's delivered right to your door. So go to rockauto.com now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, write the promo code LOCKED ON in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport. With the help of our local experts, follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I mentioned the offense tonight, Herbie. You know, that that Angels game was a really tough go. All the runs that they scored were, were given to them courtesy of the Angels on Sunday night and finally the Sox do bounce back tonight you know not not a lot of guys that are just filling up the box score but there are you know a few encouraging signs here let's you know uh, Nick Madrigal was at the top of the order tonight and uh, he was able to uh, get himself a walk to start the game and you know kind of get the game going in the in the right direction there um, with uh, Tim Anderson being out and looks like he's not going to play at all the Seattle series but it's mostly precautionary I guess he's got an MRI scheduled I'm sure they probably already know the results of that and we'll find out later on today but uh, an encouraging thing I saw from the offense before we get to Yasmani Grandal who had the biggest night of anyone Luis Robert tonight we talked about it in yesterday's show about Luis Robert when he got called out on that check swing late in that game against the Angels and I made the joke like ah maybe it was a check swing maybe he's getting there making some progress but then he there was that moment there where yep. Luis Robert he was up, and we thought for sure he had a full count, and we thought for sure he was going to get punched out on a, on a slider, and there he goes, like spitting on it and taking his walk. That's after having a nice at-bat in the first inning where he hit a rocket shot to the opposite field, but it was just an atom ball. But Luis Robert may be making some progress here tonight. Oh, yeah. It looks like I was thinking about that same at-bat. It looked like he wanted to swing it that so badly. <laughs> yes. And then, like, in the middle, it's like, come on, Luis, we've been talking about this. He's like, yes, I, I did it. And the guy didn't, didn't punch him up because the ump, you know, it was inconsistent back there. Yeah. But he, uh, to, to spit on that slider at the end with Justice Sheffield, he was throwing some wicked ones, is a testament to his growth. I was worried about that first at bat. I was like, ah, he's, he's swinging at everything. And then he hit the line out to right. And I was like, all right, that's encouraging. At least he didn't whiff on that last one because Justice did not throw him a 
ball over the plate in that whole time. And, you know, Luis was offering at most of them. There was one, the slider was inside. I'm so happy that Luis didn't sling at that one. It was like on a 2-2 count on that first at bat. And I was like, that's growth too. The guy might have an offer today and he did, but that walk is impressive for him. That is a, a growth thing for him Mo- moving forward. He has to know, and that we were talking about this all last year, learn what they're trying to do to you and adjust to that. So then they got to come back to you. They got to come back into your zone. And you know, if a pitch is in your zone, it's getting hit hard really hard he missed one late in the game where it was a a floater and he knows he missed it he hit the shortstop but that ball was like an inch and a half away from going 480 just going down the lineup here um jose breu went one for five he's clearly still pressing maybe tomorrow you'll see a breakout night for him um you know just finally getting a win getting some runs on the board from other guys in the lineup. Maybe he'll stop pressing as much. He's swinging at more bad pitches than I've ever seen him swing at in his career. Um, another guy struggling, Yoan, looked overmatched in his first two at-bats that he finally broke through with a single. Uh, but here we go again, Herb. You're mean Mercedes. Yep. What more can we say about this guy, man? He gets he gets three more hits tonight, yep. uh, scores two runs, he goes three for four uh, with a double, and he was the American League Player of the Week for last week no surprise there i'm on a mission for dime pieces and sexy ladies allow me to introduce you to my and we have a lot of great stats here the white Sox uh, stat team putting this out his 12 hits are the most by any player in the modern era over his first four career starts it's pretty good uh he is the first player with three plus hits in a game three times in his first four career starts since roy campanella in 1948 his 12 hits are the most by any White Sox player over his first four games of a season, surpassing the great Ducky Holmes, uh, who had 11 in 1904. What's up, Holmes? Uh, look out, Ducky. Also, uh, he is the first White Sox player. Look out, with, <laughs> Thank you, Terry. Uh, he's the first Sox player with three-plus hits in a game three times in his first four games in a season. Again, you're talking about a charter franchise here of the American League. Not a great one with with, with Rich history, that's for sure. But still, your main is just amazing, dude. Like, I, you know, we had a bad night against Otani, but who wouldn't? Uh, but but as Benetti said in the, during the broadcast, he didn't look overmatched. And then he just comes out again and doesn't, you know, take those struggles with him and he just goes out and continues to rake. It's just... I, you know, even the the biggest of fans of Yermin didn't come close to thinking this would be a start for him. And then we all know that this is going to cool down. I mean, we think we know, but in his four games, he's got three plus hits in three of them. That's weird. That's odd. And the other day they had the stat on... ESPN game I think they said career five hit games and he was up there with one and so was like Jose Abreu and that was like it out of the whole White Sox lineup like it's just a thing of beauty the guy had to go through a lot of hell thinking about quitting the game a couple times right if Chuck Garfine did a podcast with him on his White Sox talk podcast said Right before the White Sox picked him on the Rule 5, he was thinking about quitting and doing something else. The man had a lot of trials and tribulations. He was doing work, too. That's the thing, probably. He's like, God, I'm doing what they're telling me. I'm hitting. I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. And 
they're not promoting me. And finally, and the Sox kind of did the same thing to him. They picked him up in 2018. He all he did was hit. And then, you know, I was calling for him to be on the team late. I was like, this guy just I look at his stats. He's just hitting. Well, he had to, you know, he succumbed his playing time to Zach Collins and get to, and to cater to Zach Collins's growth and development. Like they had him playing third base in the outfield because Zach Collins was the guy at catcher, and that's your number one pick. That's who you invested all the money in. So he even had that as a disadvantage, like not getting all the reps that maybe he could have gotten elsewhere because he's behind a number one pick. Yeah, it just the guy is a great story, and I know people think it's cliche to say. This is a movie, but it's a movie to do what he has done. He's 28 years old, and it took him so long to get to the league. And now when he's here, he's like, you're not sending me back. I'm showing you that I'm not only the a good hitter and I belong here, but I'm pretty good, and I might be belonging in the All-Star game. And I know it's not really people, but the guy looks like a professional hitter. And I just commented on Twitter, the most impressive thing he did the whole night was his walk. I think it was a 3-2 count, and the guy throws a wicked slider off the plate, you know, but a young player usually would flail at that and slide and strike out, spit on it, just looked at it and it's like, okay, cool, I'm out. I'm going to take my walk and not afraid to take the walks, which is very, very unusual for a young player like this. And another young player, I know he's twenty-eight, but yeah, but young yeah, in the game, exact younger than us. We're old. <laughs> um, uh, another young player here, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, you know, hasn't gotten his first big league hit mm-hmm. yet. He got his first big league RBI the hard way with right? that hit by pitch in, in the foot uh, early on in that game there. And you know, I rather see Andrew Vaughn go out there and and draw the collar for like a week straight than not play at all, like and not and just be on the bench, not doing anything, or you know being in Schaumburg so like I think Andrew Vaughn will hit but what impressed me about him tonight was the old defense from Andrew Vaughn in left field made mm-hmm. that nice play going back against the wall I was like here we go again so he's gonna get hurt uh, but he didn't and then he had a nice play ranging to his left uh, charging so you know I think maybe uh, this is not gonna be a thing we're gonna have to worry about is, is Andrew Vaughn's left field defense I'm sure it's not gonna be perfect out there but he got tested a couple times tonight and uh, he passed yeah, he looks pretty solid out there for all the stuff. That he's not an athlete. And he's not a guy who's played left field before. He looks like a pretty good left fielder out there. He takes good routes to the ball, he throws it into the cutoff guy. He's not going to be spectacular. Left fielder is supposed to be your weakest outfielder, so he fits right in. I don't see a thing where I'm like, oh, you, you can't live with that. No, I think he's a average to above average left fielder right now. And that's a that's saying something. He he looked really great on catching that ball. I was blown away when I saw the replay because I was driving away. I was like, wow, he really did that. Amazing <laughs> for his third game in left field. Awesome. And finally tonight, the the big blow of the ball game uh, was Yasmani Grandal's homer early on to put the Sox up uh, one to nothing. Uh, he adds three RBIs, uh, well, three RBIs total for Yasmani Grandal tonight. And it was after I trashed him on the radio today because I was so salty uh, and and just peppery about that uh, that Angel series where you know we talked about Yasmani Grandal in the post game yesterday. It's like, yeah, he fu- he's getting on base at his normal clip, but ultimately when you need a big hit and you need like to, someone to you know provide a, a boost of energy to this lineup, he's nowhere to be found. But he had it there tonight, man. So I, I don't know if he was listening, but this is why you sign under that contract for a night like tonight where. You know, where your your MVP, Jose Bray, who's still struggling. You got young guys all over the place trying to figure it out. You've got guys who have been in the league for a while now trying to trying to 
get off the schneid here and get their season going. And really the only other help you have in the lineup is Billy Hamilton. But now finally Yasmani Grandal had a nice little night for himself and that, that Homer from the right side tonight, which we texted about it, which Mike Victor tweeted us about. Yeah, really sweet. Just he's not as good as you said from the left side with the pimp job, but mm, it's getting there. I just know it just feels good when you somebody knows they can just rake and they know they got that ball and he just flips the bat. It's style and class. And I don't think he's showing up the other team. We need some fun in the game. And that was really fun for me. Even if I was on the other side, remember when, uh, uh, Contreras hit that home run off of the Sox. That oh, bat flip was. How could you him. forget? Yeah, man, a bat flip was majestic, and there's no better bat flip or home run swing than Yoan Mancada. But Yasmani Grandal is coming up real close. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll uh, put a bow on this thing and tell you what's coming up tomorrow next on Lockdown White Sox. Lockdown Sox is brought to you by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is done. College hoops, done. But the NBA and NHL are still heating up. And, of course, baseball, our game, it's in full swing. There's baseball things you can bet on every night. Parlays, individual game bets. It's all there for you on Bet Online. Bet Online even covers award shows, folks. TV shows, reality TV, they've got you all covered. Anything you want to bet on in this world, they've got it up there for you. The odds are updated in real time, and there's props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus when you use our promo code LOCKEDON. That's LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked on Fantasy Baseball is a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow Locked on Fantasy Baseball on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we've made it through one turn in the rotation. Hopefully, Carlos Rodon has righted the ship a little bit here, and the the, the bad defense is behind uh, the White Sox a little bit. Sort of everyone got bitten by the bad defense bug in this first turn to the rotation. But our ace, Lucas Giolito, is going to the bump tomorrow, uh, or later tonight, I should say, against James Paxton, and we'll be breaking that down. I'm looking forward to seeing Lucas Giolito carve up a a lineup that's not as explosive as the Angels. Me too, and... Of course, James Paxson pitches uh, left-handed. He should uh, break his left arm and call the folks and say, hey, I ain't pitching today and get a right-hander up here because the White Sox doesn't matter who because I looked at that lineup and I was like, how are they going to score runs? And they went out and scored six runs today. They looked more efficient than they have uh, in a while since they faced another lefty versus Andrew Heaney. So they just kill left-handers, just a mindset maybe. Maybe they're just ready to go when they're facing left-handers, but I don't see any problem tomorrow with uh, James Paxton. Of course, when we got Lucas Giolito going on the bump, I'm seeing us dominating. Yeah, I do too. It's going to be fun. James Paxton making his first start of the year. He was pushed back 
Uh, he was scratched from uh, supposed to be the second start of the uh, season, the second game of the year for the Angel for the uh, Mariners, and uh, he got pushed back for rest reasons. So mm. we'll see how he comes out. You know, sometimes your first start of the year at home uh, could be a rough ride for James Paxton, but we'll see. I'm looking forward to that one, and uh, hope to give some more rest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how, how about uh, a third of an inning? Go back to the <laughs> to the clubhouse. Um, uh, here's what I want to do. I want to solicit some phone calls, some voicemails from you guys out there. Home, the home opener is approaching here, folks. It's coming up on Thursday, and if you're going out to the home opener, I want to know. I want to hear from you guys on the Lockdown White Sox voicemail, and just let us know what you're planning to do first. You know. Thing you're trying, you're trying to eat first beer or, or alcoholic beverage you're trying to drink. Just let us know what you're most looking forward to doing if you're attending that home opener, or maybe you're you're, you're doing it at home. You know, maybe you're having some friends around. I guess the weather's supposed to be decent on Thursday. Let us know what's going on in your world. I, I want to hear. I want to live vicariously through you guys when uh, you guys attend this home opener, be it in person or virtually. And the way to do that, no voicemails tonight Herbie can you believe that we were full last night but after a victory people I think are just tired like you know Nas said uh, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death that's how I feel uh, tonight I feel like I'm close to death here after another West Coast game so no voicemails tonight but I wanted you guys to load them up for Thursday so Thursday's post game we'll talk about it 312-566-8727 that's 312-566-8727 now I don't remember are you going to the home opener or no I'm not. I'm going to the second game. I tried to get tickets, two tickets to the second game, but it was so weird. It's messed up. So I had to go and ask for three, and they were like three hundred dollars. I was like, Oof. "F that! Let me just buy this twenty dollar ticket that buy myself up in the upper deck." So I'll be there on Saturday at one o'clock. So say hello if you see me. I'll have a jersey that says my name on. It. I'll look look like myself too. Yeah. So Thursday should be a good day all the way around. I'm going to get my my COVID vaccine, my Johnson and Johnson one shot uh. deal, and uh, I think you know. Don't be surprised if you don't see us do a post game for for Giolito start tomorrow because they've got the getaway game on Wednesday afternoon that that game will be ending right as you and I are getting out of work so we may do an impromptu post game before we leave the score studios definitely and then we'll probably do a post game after Thursday's uh, home opener so uh, we may not do a show uh, recapping Giolito's start unless uh, something amazing happens and we'll, we'll jump on maybe give you an extra show but that's all I got for you guys tonight I hope you guys are all uh, well rested I, maybe you guys tapped out after it was 6 nothing and uh, you listen to us break it down here so we thank you guys for listening as always that's Chris Tannehill at Chris Tannehill on Twitter Herb Lawrence Ecknerwall 23 is the way you reach me and our show is called Locked on Socks Twitter Instagram and on YouTube you want to write us an email. It's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. Chris just gave out the phone number for the voicemail. So it's LockedOnSocks at gmail.com if you want to write us an email. We, you know, we'll still read them. Not necessarily all of them will make the show. So for Chris Tannehill, this is Herb Lawrence. It's great. It's awesome <laughs> that you came here for another victorious Locked On Socks.